This is big news in more ways than one. Uh, According to a report that was published yesterday in the World's Journal of Men's Health, published yesterday, and it is no coincidence that it was uh, published on Valentine's Day. According to this new study, uh, the length of the male anatomy, the average length of the male anatomy is on the rise. Uh, They found that the length of, you know, around the world, this globally, has grown about 24% over the past three decades. That's what it says. Researchers don't know why, but they speculate that no one really cares why. Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, how to address the unique financial planning requirements of special needs families, and why resources and experts in this specialty are so hard to come by. Also this morning in our community and business spotlight, the United Way of Hancock County has revived the VITA program locally, providing trained tax assistance at no cost to those who qualify. We have details. And to your health this morning, ready to take charge of your long-term well-being? Older Americans may already have lots of tools to help them do that in their existing Medicare plan. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Day after Valentine's Day, did you do anything special? Um... If you've ever wondered if you successfully pulled off Valentine's Day, right? If you gave your date butterflies or some such. You know what I'm talking about. If it was Valentine's Day successful. Well, now a new app will soon be able to tell you. Yes, there's an app for that. A study from the University of Cincinnati used... Artificial intelligence to examine vital signs between two people having a conversation and found that when the physiology matched up, the pair experienced a better connection. Uh, The effect, they say, even present when people were uh, speaking over Zoom. So you don't even have to be in the same room, uh, even in the same state or the same country for this to happen. It can happen uh, virtually. Uh, The phenomenon called physiological synchrony is when your heart, your breathing rate, even your perspiration rate all match up with someone else. And uh, the research team is now looking at building an app using this data. So how about that? I'll be able to tell you whether you've made a love connection. Pretty cool. Um, Now, of course... The day after Valentine's Day, you worry whether or not you will ever see this person again. I mean, if you uh, went out with someone uh, for Valentine's Day, maybe a first date, and uh, maybe you're just getting to know someone, this is historically the way you know whether it has gone well as to whether you get another date. Uh, But in recent years, ghosting has become the preferred way of breaking up with someone or or uh, uh, not giving that second date or what have you. This is 
the way of telling someone that, no, there was not a love connection. A University of Georgia study finds that two-thirds of people have ghosted someone that they were dating and or have been ghosted themselves. Now, in case you don't know what this is, ghosting refers to just ignoring someone in order to end a relationship. Uh, you ignore their calls, you don't respond to their texts, you, you know, that sort of thing. You just completely disappear like a ghost out of the, out of the blue. You just disappear. Uh, for those who yearn for closure, negative effects of ghosting were worse. Um, but even those who say that they need closure themselves uh, are just as likely, if not more so, to ghost other people. And uh, ghosting doesn't just hurt when it's a romantic connection either. According to the author of the study for the University of Georgia, Christina Lekfor, and I'm quoting here, individuals who were ghosted by a friend reported feeling just as bad about the relationship ending as those uh, who were ghosted by a romantic partner. Uh, so it doesn't have to be uh, romantic. It can just be a friendship ending by ghosting. Participants in the study were asked to reflect on a time that they were ghosted or rejected and then answered questions regarding their feelings of belonging and self-esteem. So uh, ghosting is yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. What else is uh, going on here? A couple of other. Oh, uh <laughs> What did it cost you to go out to uh, on your Valentine's Day date yesterday? Now, mind you, a lot of folks did not go out and celebrate Valentine's Day yesterday on Valentine's Day because it's Tuesday and all of that. I think a lot of folks probably did this uh, over the weekend, probably on Saturday ahead of the Super Bowl, right? Uh, Saturday was probably the big day, I would think. My wife and I went out last night and had a, a nice dinner we did our Valentine's Day thing, and uh, the restaurant was not as crowded as I expected. But then, again, it's probably because Valentine's Day fell in the middle of the week. But anyway, um, commuters in London at the Liverpool Street Station were shocked on Valentine's Day to find that... Uh, <laughs> If they needed to pick up a last-minute gift, a last-minute bouquet of roses for that special someone, they were getting soaked. Um, on Valentine's Day, uh, street vendors were selling a bouquet of roses for as much as 385 pounds, which works out to about $460. <clears throat> Excuse me. Four, I know. It <laughs> kind of... <coughs> $460 for a bouquet of roses. Uh, some uh, commuters at the Liverpool Street Station took photos and posted these online. The cheapest bouquets that uh, they found went for about 200 pounds. Or what does that make it? About 300 bucks? The cheapest. And uh, <laughs> if you think, well, that's pretty impressive if somebody would spend that kind of money on someone for Valentine's Day. Even if it's the last minute, they would still feel the need compelled to spend that much. But no, uh, one commenter said, uh, I showed this, I showed the photos of the, the cost of these uh, flowers 
to my wife and she said, if you would ever buy those for that price, I would just leave you on principle alone. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that would probably be my wife. You paid how much for this? Because you can't win for losing sometimes. So anyway, <clears throat> after she would be upset with me for not planning further ahead, she would be angry that I spent that kind of money on the roses. But anyway, and speaking of cost, <laughs> we've been talking about the price of eggs. Everybody talking about the price of eggs is so doggone expensive uh, these days. Believe it or not, the cost of a dozen eggs has now surpassed the cost of a pound of beef for the first time since the Bureau of Labor Statistics began tracking prices in 1980, in January, the average cost of a dozen large grade A eggs was more expensive than a pound of ground beef. The eggs were 482, the ground beef 464. Think about that. More expensive than beef. Uh, one year ago, in January of 2022, the cost of a dozen eggs was a buck ninety-three. Beef was four seventy-seven. So beef has come down slightly, but eggs uh, have surged by a staggering seventy percent. The historic increase in the price of eggs, result of uh, global bird flu, wiped out nearly one hundred million poultry. Uh, Ohio among the states with uh, severe outbreaks, along with. Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Colorado, according to the CDC. So that's, man, think about that. It actually costs more for a dozen eggs than a pound of beef. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Governor Mike DeWine, along with the heads of several agencies, including Ohio EPA, ODNR, Health, and Agriculture, addressed concerns yesterday about the air and water in East Palestine following the fiery derailment of a train nearly two weeks ago that was carrying hazardous materials. They say the air quality is now normal and that drinking water has tested as safe. Still, when DeWine was asked what he would do if he lived there... I think that I would be drinking the bottled water, and I would be continuing to uh, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. I would be alert and concerned, but I think I would probably be back in my house. DeWine urged people with well water to get it tested. He says so far those tests have also showed the water is safe. Several small waterways were impacted. That water eventually flows into the Ohio River, and officials say there's a plume of chemicals floating downriver at about a mile per hour, now near Huntington. They say water intakes can be turned off as the plume passes and that the situation is under control. The bodies of two fishermen were recovered from Lake Erie in Cleveland Monday. The two men, ages 44 and 45, didn't return from their fishing trip Friday, and the Coast Guard got involved in the search. They were found in the lake near the area where their car was parked. About half of Ohio is under a wind advisory today for gusts up to 50 miles per hour. Severe thunderstorms are possible in Ohio tomorrow. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Now our cover story this morning, family financial planning is always a bit of a challenge. And that's why we say you want to seek out professional guidance for that. And every family, of course, is different when it comes to their needs, when it comes to long-term financial planning. 
There's no, su no such thing as a one-size-fits-all solution, which is, again, one of the reasons why this can be a daunting subject. And that is especially true when it involves life planning for family, family members with special needs. Uh, Menodi Rajput is founder and principal advisor of Secure Planning Strategies in suburban Detroit, and author of the book, Beyond a Parent's Love, Lessons Learned in Life Planning for Special Needs Children. And recently, we spoke to her about the unique challenges faced by millions of families and the relative scarcity of experts in this specialty. Minotti, is this something that you set out to specialize in for families facing these challenges, or is it something that you were kind of confronted with by your clients? Uh, it's a combination. I had been in practice about 10 years when I felt the need to add another component to my practice that gave me a different level of satisfaction and was challenging. I was looking for what it could be when I met three different families who came to me for regular planning, but each one of them had an adult child with disability. Hmm. And it resonated with me because my niece who lived in England had autism. Yeah. So I felt that maybe this was my calling and this is something that I was meant to do. So some of the things that you go into uh, in the book, you uh, talk about some of the pitfalls to avoid when planning for a family's future when there is a special needs child involved. So let me just uh, tell you in the beginning as to what the book entails. In addition to the nuts and bolts about the the planning. Uh, the book actually um, is real life stories of several families mm -hmm. and their challenges, their trials and tribulation, and their triumph in raising a child or sometimes children uh, who become adult and planning for their future. And there are lessons learned at the end of each chapter uh, about what are uh, what are the important things that they need to. Uh, keep in mind or avoid. Well, the pitfalls in general, what I would say is that do not wait too late, too long to start the planning. Planning needs to be done as early as it's possible and make changes as it's necessary. Do not make irrevocable planning that cannot be changed. Mm -hmm. um, also, make sure that you always document things that you know about your child right from the beginning, because somebody has to step in your shoes and they need to know who the child is, yeah. what the abilities and inabilities are. And you don't have to say, uh, you don't have to worry about whether you have adequate assets. You do the best you can mm -hmm. rather than thinking about, oh my gosh, I don't have any money yeah. and I cannot do the plan. You know, Everybody I, needs to do a base plan. I would imagine that in and of itself can be a challenge that uh, would be easy uh, to uh, to fall short on just simply because so many families get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. We'll just get through today, we'll get through this week, this month, this year, and you know, not look forward to that those times when uh, we may not be around or someone else will have to step in and fill this role. Uh, correct, because procrastination is not an option, not a solution here. Right. Um, when you know the child has been diagnosed, 
it's understandable that in the initial years it's overwhelming for the parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the, the the stages of grieving, acceptance, and denial. All of these things they go through, but there comes a point when you don't have a choice. This may not be going away. You have to make sure that you do the combination of legal planning, financial planning, and get ready for the child when they turn 18. You also talk about uh, protecting your special needs uh, child while you are planning for your own retirement. What are some of the things that uh, come up that are unique to these types of situations when looking at that uh, picture of retirement planning? Well, when parents feel that, well, whatever assets they have, upon their death, a portion of that will go into the special needs trust that they create to hold the asset for the child's future, how do the parents know what's going to be left by the time they die? Mm-hmm. I always give an example that when parents are flying in an airplane, a parent needs to put the oxygen mask on their face first in mm-hmm. order to protect the child later. Right. So it's the same thing. The parents have to do their own retirement planning, but also take into consideration the worst scenario that there may not be anything left to put in the special needs child's trust. So they have to think of alternative. Perhaps they can have um, a life insurance that they are not going to need for themselves, but that can go into the trust that is a guarantee that there's going to be something available. So you have to think outside the box and be Mm -hmm. creative. Take care of yourself as best as possible while still making sure that there's going to be something available for this child's future. With respect to that, you mentioned trusts. I know uh, for a lot of folks in retirement planning, they will set up a trust. Is there a special type of trust that is needed for this type of specific circumstance? Yes, because a child with disability, in order to qualify for the government benefits, which is a monthly income, Mm -hmm. along with the Medicaid eligibility that pays for a lot of things such as housing, transportation, respite, um, uh, supported employment, those things do not allow them to have more than $2,000 under the Social Security number. Mm. As a result of which, the parents create a trust. We often call it discretionary trust or special needs trust which can hold assets, money, that provide income and principal that supplements the government benefit but Mm. does not replace it. That's Mm. the main language in the trust. So that when the government doesn't, it will not pay for everything, the parents, the, the trustees can use the funds from that trust to supplement the government programs that they're going to make it uh, that they, they will be eligible for. Another example of the specialized nature of uh, planning uh, in in these types of situations, and indeed, that's one of the uh, goals that you have for the book. Uh, is, you know, inspiring uh, more financial planners to if not specialize in planning for special needs families, at least to understand what some of those unique needs are and be more equipped to handle them. Correct, because the population is getting um, larger. There are more professionals needed, especially financial planners, who understand the total picture because it requires comprehensive planning, 
touching the parents' needs as well as the child's need and put the whole package together. So we need more of those advisors. Such a valuable book, Beyond a Parent's Love, Lessons Learned in Life Planning for Special Needs Children. Manoti Rajput is founder and principal advisor of Secure Planning Strategies, certified financial planner and chartered special needs consultant. Do you have a website where we can guide folks to for more information? Yes, my website is www.spsfinancial.com. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Angela Dabosky is here from the United Way of Hancock County, and we've been sharing stories uh, over the past several months of various ways that the United Way has touched lives uh, individual and kind of bringing this down into the uh, personal level. And you've got a couple of uh, more stories, examples of that. Yeah, it's exciting to be able to share stories from different segments of our community about different things because we have our hands in a a lot of social service-based organizations. And so often people say, well, what does the United Way do? How does it really impact people? Yeah. And so when I come in and I say, uh, we're running a volunteer income tax preparation service through United Way and that it has capacity um, to help about 1,200 households as well as bring $2 million in earned income credits back into our community, that has another real tangible um, exactly. real tangible need met in the community. Exactly. So uh, share some of uh, these stories here. Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to talk about Cindy. And Cindy is a retiree on a very fixed income. Uh, she had participated in VITA program in the past, but it's been two years since the community has had one, which is why United Way wanted to pick it up this year. Um, so Cindy went in early February, went to her appointment, already has her income tax filed, and she called back into the office just with a huge story of gratitude. I'm so very thankful. And through that, she found a way that she could actually serve. So she's become a volunteer greeter. The very next day, she was in our office (laughs) doing the training (laughs) to be a greeter for the VITA Income Tax Preparation Service. So now she's gone from somebody who said, I just need some help to I want to be able to help others. We hear lots of stories like that. Um, uh, Maria is another example. She is a retiree that works in a fast food just to kind of supplement her retirement income. She works mm-hmm. in a fast food restaurant. Um, she has gone and gotten her taxes done as well. And she has a lot of people around her, um, young folks that are working within the service industry that qualify because they're under the income threshold that are paying three $500 that they don't have to get some help to prepare their income taxes. Mm-hmm. So she went to our website and she printed off the flyer and she's taking it into her into her work That's and great. handing it out to other people that she knows could use the service and yeah. could benefit from it. Uh, so what we're talking about here is the uh, VITA income tax uh, assistance uh, program. Um, and I think a lot of times you bring up a good point. We think of VITA as being for those who are older, retired, that kind of thing. Not so. Not so. It's uh, There's an income qualification. So if you're a Hancock County resident who makes less than $60,000 a year, um, you can call into our office. There's a couple other qualifiers that will help you to get an appointment. Um, uh, nationally, it's geared towards folks that are of a retirement age. They may have difficulty filing their taxes electronically, mm-hmm. folks on a disability, folks with English as a second language. Yeah. But Based on that income qualifier, there's a lot of a people lot of in people our community could, that qualify. Could certainly qualify. And again, it is free help 
to file those uh, income taxes. Make sure that you get everything that you are entitled through, uh, most notably, the earned income tax credit. Right. They can they can help you with by knowing the rules, by being able to walk through the software with you to see what you're eligible for. A lot of us that file our own taxes are sometimes, well, is this quite legal? Is this quite exactly. right? And they provide that expertise and that assurance that, hey, I can file. Hey, I've gotten the maximum benefit that I can out of filing my taxes. And that's what the rules are there for. Like we've said, this is real money that comes back into the community. Obviously, it helps uh, those who most need it in terms of the financial uh, part of it, the individual and family financial part of it. But this benefits the community as well. It does. And I think that's why we're getting a lot of calls back into the office saying, thank you. Thank you for bringing it back. Thank you for finding volunteers that help. It matters. All that money then ends up being uh, circulated within the community, invested right back into the community. So how does the uh, VITA program work? There's still obviously plenty of time uh, for those who need a little bit of help. Yep. You can go on the United Way website at uwhancock.org and there is a VITA button right up at the top. You can see the qualifications that you need. You can see the phone number to call into our office. We have a special VITA line set up and we will help you to get an appointment. Does that run right through uh, tax deadline day? Through early April. Through I'm not sure if April. it's through the 15th at this point, but it's, yeah, it's up close to still it. Still uh, plenty of time to get in, make an appointment, and get that help that you need. I would suggest calling early because we are filling those 1,200 appointments up fast. Angela Dabosky again, United Way of Hancock County. Angela, thanks very much for dropping by. Thanks for helping us get the word out. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. In Malvern, England, a 20-year-old man has had his driving privileges suspended for two years, all because he was craving some Mickey D's. Let me give you the entire story here. Uh, Liam Smith uh, had a craving for some food, some late-night food from McDonald's. This happened about 4 a.m. Um, well, it was earlier in the week. I'm not sure exactly what day. It was about 4 in the morning. And uh, he had this craving for a McDonald's. Did not have a vehicle at his disposal at the time. So he decided to take his stepmom's electric mobility scooter <laughs> to, to the drive through The electric mobility scooter. Um, unfortunately for him, two things, uh, went wrong with this plan. Number one, he was drunk and number two, he didn't figure that the police would witness his inebriated driving skills or lack thereof. (laughs) Uh, apparently he and a lady friend hopped on the scooter. He was driving. She was on the back. Uh, authorities spotted Mr. Smith making his rather chaotic journey to the drive-thru while they happened to be on call for another incident. They happened to see him just doodle right by on the electric scooter and said, well, that's unusual. So they decided to uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, The police observed Mr. Smith driving the three-wheel scooter toward them at a high rate of speed. Well, high rate of speed for a scooter, I suppose. Uh, The police report notes that neither the female passenger nor the driver were wearing a helmet. And when the scooter came to a sudden stop, Mr. Smith got off the bike and was unsteady on his feet. 
So the cops decided to follow him into the fast food drive through where they tested his blood alcohol level and it came in over three times the legal limit. <laughs> so it's 4 a.m. joyride on his stepmother's electric mobility scooter. I wonder, did they impound the scooter as well? He's now, his driving uh, privileges have been suspended for two years and he had to pay a $500 fine and he probably had some serious explaining to do to his mother-in-law, I would think. Alrighty then. Elsewhere, the broken news. Uh, speaking of uh, drivers that are in trouble, a driver in Madison, Madisonville, Kentucky, is facing multiple charges after crashing into a fence, crashing into a shed, and then taking off from the scene on foot. Police arrested Nolan Robinson shortly after the crash. He was found lying in a ditch with a bottle of whiskey in one hand and the keys to the wrecked car in the other. <laughs> a bottle of whiskey in one hand and the keys to the wrecked car in the other. Not surprisingly, Mr. Robinson failed a field sobriety test and was taken to the Hopkins County Jail. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Uh, it is prison time for a man in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, who stole guns, ammo, and some rocket launchers. Rocket launchers. A judge yesterday gave Sean Galloway five years in prison. He pleaded no contest to charges that he stole 15 guns, thousands of rounds of ammunition, and rocket launchers during a break-in last fall. Two other people in the case have pleaded guilty as well. They're due to be sentenced next month. Rocket launchers. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, this is weird. Um, and generally, as a rule of thumb in the broken news, it's not funny when people die. We generally avoid fatalities uh, to report on in the broken news because it's hard to laugh when somebody is, has passed away. But then there are always exceptions. And this one is one just because it's so weird. A man in Newport, Rhode Island, was found dead late yesterday morning inside a portable toilet. A worker from a nearby construction site made the discovery, and police were notified. Uh, the only identification, the only thing police are saying is that it was a 48-year-old man. The cause of death is under investigation. But I'm thinking, wow, what a way to go. <laughs> Dead in a portable toilet. Man. And finally, in the broken news this morning, were you among the people? You remember the Super Bowl commercial for Tubi? And folks were, this was one of the ones that people were buzzing about. It was a 15-second ad during the Super Bowl for the streaming service Tubi. And um, their Super Bowl commercial made it seem like someone was changing the channel during the big game, right? It started off with the announcers, you know, talking about the, uh, the game, and then suddenly the menu pops up and it looks like somebody is changing the channel. It was actually pretty convincing. It was really well done. Uh, were you among the people 
who fell for it, who were pranked. Apparently, that commercial actually resulted in at least one breakup. A 23-year-old woman says she broke up with her boyfriend after his chaotic reaction to the commercial. She posted online, My boyfriend thought I was the one changing the channel and began screaming at me violently, calling me things that I don't even want to write down and share. Even as I told him it was a commercial, he ignored me and kept blowing up, even at one point punching a hole in our living room wall. This was all she wrote about in an online post. The boyfriend, whom she had been dating for over a year, eventually realized that it was a commercial and apologized, but by that time, the damage was done. She said she gathered her things and left right then and there to go live with her parents. <laughs> I left him a note telling, telling him how I felt and how I didn't think we were going to work out long term after his outburst. Um, she said her parents uh, actually believed that she overreacted. Her parents said she overreacted, telling her he had a bit to drink. Uh, during the Super Bowl, everyone gets amped up, but she responded, I don't think it's normal to be that angry. He punched a hole in the living room wall. Yeah, I would say he overreacted, and most folks uh, online are siding with her in that whole thing, but that's absolutely crazy. I guess it's good she found out now, so maybe she can thank Tubi for the uh, commercial. There you go. Some of the uh, broken news this morning, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Finley's Andy Ritz on becoming a Finley Rotarian. After 35 years working as a pediatrician in Finley, I wanted to give back to the community, but not at my job, but as a service that would reach many people. The best way to do this was for me to join Finley Rotary, and that's what I did in February of 2022. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Finley Rotary at FindleyRotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. And this is really, really interesting. I found this survey uh, to be very, very interesting. You remember the great resignation, right? During the height of the pandemic and in the immediate aftermath, millions of workers, some 50 million people, decided to quit their jobs and find uh, find a new job, find a new way to you know seek their fortune uh, elsewhere, either uh, you know going to work for themselves or finding a new job, finding a new career, whatever it might happen to be. 50 million people got caught up in the Great Recession. Turns out, maybe it wasn't such a hot idea after all. According to a new survey of nearly a thousand employees and nearly 400 employers, survey conducted by paychecks, the payroll, um, payroll services platform, Paychecks, 80% of those employees who pulled up their anchor and set sail for new adventures and or a better work-life balance have now said that they have come to regret that decision. 80%. And if you look specifically at Gen Zers, which is uh, the age group 
that were perhaps most caught up in the Great Recession, that number jumps up to 90% now regret that decision. According to the survey, uh, let's see here, it says in the Great Recession, employers were throwing up huge sign-up bonuses and other wads of cash at job switchers, but now 8 in 10 have discovered that money wasn't really the answer after all. Just half of those who left their job for a better work-life balance specifically with another employer, just half have actually found it, according to the survey. In fact, 68% of those who quit admitted to asking for their old jobs back. (laughs) Go crawling back with your tail between your legs. But, and maybe not surprisingly, only 27% of the employers say that they have rehired those people. So that old job, not there when you go back to get it. Uh, The survey also showed that 9 in 10 who left the industry that they were working in altogether, the idea of not only switching jobs but starting a whole new career or entering a uh, whole new career field, um, 9 in 10 regretted quitting the most. They were the ones who regretted quitting. They were the ones that wanted to change the industry they were working in. Again, one of the selling points of the so-called great resignation, 9 in 10 regretted quitting the most. For those folks, just 11% found a new job within three months. 50% found a new gig within three to six months. 21% within seven to nine months. 12% within 10 months to a year. And 6% uh, are either still looking for a new job or it took at least a year to find that new job. So uh, the uh, CEO of the job search, site, job search site, Red Balloon, says the great recession resignation has turned into the great regret, and it is a lesson for job seekers to do better advanced scouting before they jump ship. What's that old saying? The grass is always greener. <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone. You can throw in a lot of cliches, but it seems that they all apply in this case. Of course, everyone wants to remain healthy as we get older, but the increased risk of issues in one's senior years is statistically unavoidable. So as we age, the key is to prevent problems as much as possible. And for those covered by Medicare, a lot of the help that you need in order to do that may already be covered. Dr. Richard Smith is Regional Vice President for Health Services at Humana. And Dr. Smith, talk a little bit about why proactive care is so important for long-term health from the standpoint of a doctor. Proactive care is the idea that you identify problems early or that you completely prevent them in order that you achieve your best health over, over the long term. Uh, It includes things like preventive screenings for various diseases and conditions, appropriate vaccinations, and also includes, and this is covered under your Medicare benefit, uh, annual wellness visits with your healthcare provider in order that you, along with your healthcare provider, can create a plan for your long-term health and well-being. 
that includes some of the things that I just mentioned. Now, folks, remember back during the uh, election period at the tail end of last year, uh, there was a lot of information about uh, the myriad of choices that uh, Medicare recipients have uh, in terms of their plans, uh, extra things that are covered, and so on and so forth. It really can be very overwhelming. So how can we find out what among these types of benefits may actually be available under our plan? Yes, uh, the annual election period must be tremendously confusing to most uh, Medicare beneficiaries. Um, So there are many options available between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage. Uh, The benefits that are available under traditional Medicare, you would uh, go to medicare.gov to identify. If you have a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, you can look at medicare.gov. That'll have the basics. But usually Medicare Advantage plans have additional benefits, and you would find those on the health plan website or by calling the customer service number and asking about those benefits. And that information is usually on the back of your card. Now, there were some changes with respect to the Inflation Reduction Act. And the president was uh, talking a little bit about this, the State of the Union, a few days ago. Uh, How might that impact or affect uh, the the plans and what benefits uh, those beneficiaries may have access to? Yes. So the Inflation Reduction Act mostly uh, affected what are called the Part D, as in dog, uh, plan. Mm -hmm. And the Part D benefit is a pharmacy benefit. Okay. So traditional Medicare does not have a pharmacy benefit. You can purchase a, a standalone Part D plan to get prescription coverage. And most Medicare Advantage uh, plans include a pharmacy benefit Part D coverage. Um, The biggest thing, and the one that the president mentioned in the State of the Union, is that insulin costs have been capped for Medicare beneficiaries at $35 a month. And that's a tremendous reduction from the price uh, that people have had to pay over many years. And then the other one that's important, I don't think it was mentioned, is that in your Part D plan, you can access the shingles vaccine. Shingles is uh, a very painful illness that uh, predominantly affects older adults, uh, and you can get that vaccine at no cost uh, at your local pharmacy. Now... Folks may have heard this terminology, and and again, this can be very, very confusing for a, for a lot of folks for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the things, the kind of a buzzword, I guess, that we've heard uh, about recently is a, a a rise in what is called value based care. What does that mean for those who might have heard that terminology before? Yes, so um, traditional. Uh, care is is going to the clinician when you're sick. Value-based care is based on the philosophy uh, that promoting your health and well-being are as important as treating your acute illness. So this this type of care model 
usually results in um, clinicians doing more preventive care with you, uh, even while they're providing you acute care for illnesses that you may get. Um, so I mentioned the annual wellness visit earlier. Mm -hmm. That would be part of promoting a value-based orientation. Um, value-based care also encourages you as a patient to think more about how, when, and why you access care in order to maintain your best health because that option is available to you. So it's basically uh, just kind of a clever way, a catchy way of referring to everything that we're talking about here. Uh, like we said, making sure that we mitigate the risks that are to a certain extent unavoidable as we age, but prevention and uh, an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure is my grandmother used to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Your grandmother was right, as are all grandmothers. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the other uh, aspect to all of this, and, and I think this is worth pointing out, you, you make the point that obviously everybody's impacted by inflation these days, seniors even more so being uh, on fixed incomes, many of them. Uh, and that's another reason why it's important to know what benefits are available because this can have certainly a financial uh, impact on a person's bottom line. Um, so uh, Medicare, traditional Medicare, uh, charges, makes charges to the member that are based on what they pay for the cost of care. And you don't really know what your copayment is going to be until you get the bill uh, from Medicare. Um, with Medicare Advantage plans, they offer a number of financial protections uh, to members. Um, the biggest one, I think, is what's called a maximum out-of-pocket cost. So you know the absolute maximum your care is going to cost you in any given year should you have some major uh, illness. Um, the other thing is Medicare Advantage plans uh, are often available uh, to, to people in the community at no monthly premium. So most communities have $0 plans in their region. And then the third element that they, that they have to, you know, to manage your finances is that the copayments, if you go to see the doctor or other clinician for mm -hmm. services, you have a fixed copayment. So it's zero or five or $10 yeah. for a primary care physician or, you know, a slightly higher charge for a specialty physician, but you know what it's going to be. Yeah. You know what it's going to cost your budget in a given month. And that's very helpful uh, for people so they can plan their finances. No question. Many plans offer items that help your dollars go further, such as transportation benefits, uh, if that's a problem for you, over-the-counter items at little or no cost, fitness programs that'll help you maintain your health at little or no cost, and then uh, potentially flexible spending accounts that you can use for utilities, food, or other items. Again, we're talking about preventing uh, problems, health issues as much as possible as we age. Dr. Richard Smith, again, Regional Vice President for Health Services at Humana with us. We appreciate you taking the time. Real quickly, for those uh, looking to learn more, where uh, do we uh, guide them? Yeah. Um, so for traditional Medicare, you would get information at Medicare.gov. And if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, 
you would either access that health plan website or the customer service number, and both of those should be uh, on the back of your card so you can find them. Dr. Richard Smith, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests, of course, for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Mayor Christina Mern describes the proposed downtown recreational area along the Blanchard River as potentially transformative for the community. Although some have balked at the multi-million dollar cost, we'll get into it. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.